Welcome to Hot Off the Press, a podcast that provides knowledge and emotional support for new and aspiring printers. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano. And I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and we are two letterpress printers who believe in sharing our knowledge and learning together. We're here to help bridge the gap between antique printing methods and modern design. So hang up your apron, put down those palette knives, and let's get into what's hot off the press. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Hot Off the Press. I'm Jillian from Studio Soprano, and I am here with my ever-lovely co-host, Mariah from Mariah Creates. And in today's episode, we are talking about how to mix letterpress and digital print methods to create really unique and possibly way more affordable works of art. (laughs) For the printers out there, hello, we know you're listening. Um, We have to take special care on registration when working with digital printing and letterpress. So like registration is really important. Color matching becomes quite a thing from time to time. And then also knowing the limitations of the various machines we use, especially if we're striving to do the digital printing in-house. Those printers can be a bit more finicky about their paperweights and all of that. So for the designers, if you're listening and you design the work and you outsource all of your printing, you have to be aware of how mixing these two methods will add, um, you know, additional time and impacts to your project workflow. And you also want to make sure that you're designing it in a way that it will yield the best results. So it's probably a good time to mention that no matter how great a printer is, it will have some alignment issues. Right, Mariah? Like, Yeah, definitely. I, yeah. Okay. We'll get into like all of that, but I definitely like think sometimes it's not worth it to try and print it yourself. Like it just really isn't because it can be registering something on a letterpress is challenging enough, but for some reason, because it's like tangible and physical and right in front of you, it's way easier to like fix than digital printers. And It just is what it is. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so much of the stuff that happens in digital printers is like inside the machine that you cannot physically like touch or edit. And I don't know, like every now and then my printer will be doing fine. And then like a few of them will come out slightly diagonal, like not dramatically diagonal, but just enough to piss me off, but not enough for like really for me to know if the client will notice. And like, that's almost worse. Like why? Yeah. Why are you this crooked? Yeah. And like when you're printing, like, especially for us who use hand fed presses, like, you know, immediately if like the paper doesn't quite get in right, you know, before it's even actually hit the form, usually you like let it go because yeah. you want to save your fingers and you're like, oh, man, you know, right away. And so you can just pull that piece out and be done with it. You know, like I put it in my little scrap pile to reuse for other things. And like, when you're printing with digital, like you can just let the printer run behind you. And then all of a sudden you have a hundred copies and, you know, 10 of them are misaligned somewhere in that stack and you may never know it, or you won't know it until after you cut it or whatever. So, um, or they have like a stupid streak of toner on them or yeah, something from like the rollers. (laughs) Yeah. Just there's something, there's something in that stack of a hundred things there inevitably is. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, 
it's a whole thing. So anyway, yeah. um, why don't we dive into, you know, some of the reasons that people for may sure. even want to mix them? Yeah. So I think there's two main reasons for mixing digital and letterpress printing. Um, number one being saving money. Every letterpress job is priced per color. And because each color that you print requires its own ink, its own press setup, it, its own plates, um, you can use unlimited colors with digital printing. So it's saving money by using that kind of like, especially with different colors and maybe even print area, um, you can definitely save some money by adding digital printing to your project. The option to add color is obviously the main, like the second reason. So that color option really does make a huge difference because then all of a sudden you have the entire rainbow spectrum available to you. And then, you know, you can just use like highlights, whether it's details or the actual text can all be letterpress. Like it just adds with kind of third dimension and it allows you to have unlimited colors, but also still getting that letterpress impression somewhere on the artwork. So kind of the best of both worlds in some ways, depending on what your style is and what you're going for in that particular project. So a little more like obviously that kind of covers what it would look like but you know think about like a watercolor border or if you have some really beautiful watercolor artwork or even a crest with um you know letterpress text on the main part of the page or um outlines of those flowers over top it that kind of thing a lot of times people will also use letterpress for the main invitation in a wedding suite and then digitally print the other cards like the reply card the details card um that'll save you a few <laughs> bucks there as well <laughs> Um, so <laughs> I've got a guest, a guest appearance by, um, our neighbor dog tonight. So <laughs> bear with me here. Um, <laughs> he's also a big boy. So it's, it's different in our house because our dogs are fairly small. So, um, yeah, so combining digital by doing a couple of pieces in digital printing and then one piece in letterpress for kind of the main event is a really great way to save some of that, uh, cost as well. And that also opens up things like you could do whiting printing on a colored cardstock for a reply card and then do letterpress on a lighter cardstock for the main invitation. So, you know, there's kind of that that room as well. And then um, you could also, like, like I kind of mentioned, you know, if you have florals or something like that, you can do those in digital printing with a little pop of outlines or, you know, little details in letterpress to kind of add that extra 3D effect to those graphics as well. So that requires a little tighter registration, but totally doable as well. Um, yeah, so you may have already done all of this before if you're an experienced designer and who has done a lot of letterpress jobs, but if you're completely new to letterpress or if you've only been printing uh, letterpress exclusively, then we're going to start at the beginning and kind of cover all the basics of, uh, of how to and what not to do on uh, digital printing and letterpress comb combinations. Yeah, so the first question is, should you even be doing the digital printing in-house? Um, yeah. If you're listening to this, you're most likely either a letterpress printer or you are someone who is interested in getting into letterpress printing. Um, and Mariah touched on it before, but like, unless you have extremely high quality printing equipment for digital, so that's like, you know, like a really high quality either inkjet or laser, um, I don't know if I'd recommend doing it in-house because even like the Canon PIXMA Pros, like, yes, they're good. Yes, the print quality is good. The problem is the time it takes to print one job on it and kind of the amount of like a pain in the ass it is. 
is like to me yeah. just not worth it. I mean, okay, so I have a Canon Pixma Pro and it does print really great quality and it can print on, well, I've managed some heavier paper stocks, but it can pretty easily print on like 110 pound cotton paper. So if you're matching a letterpress suite, that's probably what you might be using. And so let's say, okay, it's completely capable of printing on that paper. Um, there are circumstances where, you know, I might, I would print in house because of convenience. If it's a really small number of pieces, um, if it's really simple designs, not like heavy coverage areas, it's maybe like line work and text, that kind of thing. Like knowing what your digital printer is really going to be strong at and knowing <laughs> what it's not going to be strong with. <laughs> like, I think that's part of it. Like if you know, like this is going to cost me more headaches than not, I'm going to just outsource that. If it's going to take me, you know, if it's like a small thing, it's artwork I know that'll print well on paper that I'm familiar with printing, et cetera, et cetera, maybe print in-house. But more often than not, I outsource it because it just takes the pressure off of you. Like you already have to worry about perfectly registering all of that letterpress printing. Why stress yourself out with the digital printing? You know, especially if you're like ordering it cut to size, it adds that whole extra convenience of having it pre-cut. You know, like if I were to print it digitally, I would have to print it, then cut it down myself and then letterpress print it. I can eliminate two of those steps if I'm sending it off to the printer. So that's what right. I do. Um, there have been times when I've printed and every single time, almost exclusively, I've regretted it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah. not worth it. You know, like the printer is yeah. great. It does. It has gotten me out of some sticky situations, of course, but I think in general, when you have the time and the ability, uh, it's worth it to just send it off to a printer that you know and trust. I just, yeah. yeah. I feel like we have all kind of come up in this space where there's uh, so many online pro like coaches or people we could learn from and tutorials, and we're all kind of like custom shaping our businesses. And it always feels like you could do anything. Like, yes, I can print stuff on my Canon Pixma Pro and yep. yes I can cut stuff out on my Cricut and yes but like each of those things are an entire profession in and of themselves and for the most like seamless and perfect prints like going to someone who specializes in that is always going to be a win it's probably going to be more expensive but it's going to be a win digital printers like they have to be calibrated to the right color tones and a lot of the ones that we get you know and we put in our home offices they have such like a wide variation on colors they print which is exactly why Lainey created the printable palette because every print every digital printer is just going to kind of have its own way of interpreting the CM CMYK tones well, and, and like your home printers, no matter the size and the quality, are going to have a limited amount of ink. Like the ink characters are usually fairly small. So from if you're running a larger job, especially like from start to finish, those colors could begin to look different. Like, you right. know, like ink is a whole separate consideration for your digital printing jobs. So like I said, I think I would err on the side of just have somebody else do that <laughs> we right. I think like like you kind of touched on it but I think a lot of us want to do everything ourselves internally so that we can make as much profit to be more sustainable but at the same time it's like when you think about all the waste and the ink and your time which is valuable all of a sudden it's no longer worth it you know there are pretty inexpensive print companies out there you can work with it's like it's 
it becomes a no-brainer after enough time. And when you're busy enough, you're just like, yeah, no, I'm not dealing with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But let's say that you've decided you want to be crazy and you want to do it in-house, which Mariah and I have both done and we will continue to do um, small jobs. I have I have one client who I absolutely love doing her digital work because she has the most like delicate watercolor elements that are just little pops. You know, it's never like a full bleed, whatever. Anywho. Um, OK, so the first thing you want to do is check the limitations on your printer. So if your client is looking for 220 pound prints, can your printer even handle that? And if it can't, are you willing to duplex after it's done? Because you certainly can print on 110 pound and then duplex it up to 220 after the fact. Um, You'll definitely want to print a lot of extras just in case there's any issues during duplexing. Um, But that's totally possible. So the next thing you want to do is make sure that you've calibrated your digital printer to the best of your abilities. Honestly, I've always just done this by eye. So basically, I will print out a test print and then just check it against my client's proof. And if their blues are looking greens, then I will change up the way that the artwork looks so that it looks right, like close enough. Um You'll also want to review any of the artwork to see if there's a lot of bleed off of the paper because most of the digital printers cannot print full bleed and that will impact how you want to quote and prep the job. So for example, if someone comes to me and they have borders that go off the edge for a five by seven, I'll actually print two five by sevens on a single eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper then cut it down, and then take it to my letterpress to finish up the job. Sometimes when I'm quoting jobs, though, I don't know what the artwork looks like, so I always just assume I'm going to have to do that, and then it's just an extra plus if they don't go full bleed, because I don't know about you, Mariah, but if everything is contained within like a quarter inch of the border, I digitally print on like cut to size, so like a five by seven piece of paper will go through my printer is that what you do or do you always print on like letter and cut down no I mean I I it depends honestly like obviously if there's a bleed that's a whole different ballgame like you said but if it's if it's just like if it's just for example like a centered image on an a7 card I would probably print those on cut down size but my printer although it has quote-unquote borderless printing it still leaves like an eighth of an inch or more um, on each side so you have to account for that and make sure that the sizing is correct especially if you're registering and letterpress on top of it, because if it's off by an eighth of an inch or if it's scaled for some reason in your print settings, like you have to be prepared for that. So you have to really, really thoroughly check that the measurements are physically correct. Like use your grid and illustrator and designer, whatever you're using and literally make sure with the measurement, like with the ruler that it is correct because Lord knows you're going to like, print everything and it'll be like scaled down to fit the paper or something <laughs> yeah and especially because like if your document bleed settings are different like if they have like a half a quarter inch bleed on the document and then you like are printing from a pdf or from that document onto a five by seven not accounting for that bleed like you know there's a lot of factors so if you're triple quadruple checking you could probably print on pre-cut pages but it totally depends on what you're doing totally yeah. depends I think I can do, I can only do like down to, I think four bar, I can still print like pre-cut. 
on my printer. Um, but I don't know that I've ever actually done that. I think the smallest I've printed is A2 um, yeah. on pre-cut. So. I've done four bar on pre-cut, but you've actually you've touched upon a point that we brought up in a way earlier episode that we should probably bring up again, which is always double check the size of your artboard because if someone's illustrator file is set up with bleed and then they pdf it or they make a jpeg or however they're sending you hopefully it's a pdf but however they're sending you their file um that just like becomes part of that image that little bleed so if your print settings are set up to like fit to page or anything like that you're gonna be displeased going from digital like the digital print to um your letterpress file and that could be a major error for you because if you don't catch that and you print a hundred or two hundred digital prints of your job and then you go and the letterpress plate is ten percent larger. Oh. oh my gosh. It makes me sick. You will not be happy Just thinking about it. You won't oh be happy. God. All right. So we should add that on this list. Double check your artboard <laughs> sizes. Um and then the last one that you'll want to do is mix your letterpress ink and compare it to the digitally printed swatch before running the whole job. So this is obviously not a requirement. I put this on here because after going through this process several times, to me, this feels like the sure way to not hate myself at the end of a job. Um, getting the two inks to match. Now you could put a disclaimer. You can like have a contract that your client sign where you say like, the inks may not match or whatever. Yeah. I am color crazy. So I love to make sure that they match. And what I've come to find is that the safest thing for me to do is to mix my letterpress ink, uh, get a good drawdown of it, then do some test prints with the CMYK and match them and make sure I feel super comfortable about both of those ink colors before I print anything else. Because with the paper shortages and all that that we've been facing, also every single client wants everything tomorrow. <laughs> I don't have time to be oh. reprinting. I don't have resources to be reprinting. If it can be avoided, that's what I want to do. So that's just my process. And Always, whenever I do digital printing and letterpress, it always requires some testing and tweaking. And I've started to work that into my price because you should be paid for that time. I should be paid for my time. You should be paid for your time. Make sure you're taking that in. It's not control P. Like it's not that simple. Yes. If you work as a letterpress printer, absolutely nothing you do will be control P ever, 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 even if it's digitally printing. Um, and then also tip here is to save any formulas you create both on your computer and um, write down the formulas that you mix. Because like I have ones that are really popular. Everyone loves to match to Imperial Blue. And I have found like the absolute perfect CMYK setting for, for Imperial Blue yeah. for my printer. And I have found the right formula to mix Imperial Blue. And guess what? It's not a Pantone color. Classic. Thanks, Charlie. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. Yeah. As he said, I have to trust my gut when I'm mixing it. And I've always noticed that it needed like a little more this or a little more that. 
So write that down. Keep a book for yourself of your like custom mixing guides. So those are really like the four and five because we added the check your artboard. (laughs) Those are like the five things that you'll absolutely want to do if you're printing in-house to give you the best results. And there's probably like maybe a couple more, but I think those are like the really crucial ones. Yeah. So if you're outsourcing, there's a couple things to consider and to think about as well. Um, Obviously, back to kind of the first point with printing in-house, you have to find someone who is able to print on the stock that you're looking to print on um, that you need for this job. And as we all know, hopefully, um, letterpress paper is usually pretty specific. It's usually cotton paper, and it's also usually very, very thick because you get a you're able to get a deeper letterpress impression on it. Um, I only know of a couple of printer like big printing companies that will print on double thick, two hundred twenty or two hundred thirty six pound cotton paper, um, and even less who actually keep it in stock um, and available. So that is. Um, you know, definitely a limitation to outsourcing digital printing is that, you know, whatever you're going to order on, they may not carry or they may not be able to print on because it depends on what they print with, what type of machinery. Um, so if you find a printer who's able to print on whatever it is that you want to print on and, you know, you don't have to letterpress on cotton paper, uncoated paper always, but, um, you know, that's what most letterpress printers are familiar with. And usually that's what people kind of expect, I think, when they're ordering letterpress. Um And finally, you have to make sure you know what size you actually need to print letterpress on, Um, not just what size the final product will be, because if you're trying to print some A7 cards that have a full bleed, um, that's letterpress, but the digital is smaller, then you're going to still need to order that full size and then cut it down later yourself. So whether that means um, including crop marks and ordering two up per page or however that works out for you, you know, just, just need to think about that um, before you send that file off to be printed. And um, I also think that as a final note, this applies to both printing in-house and outsourcing, I think, but adds so much extra time to your quote Um, whether it's to allow for, you know, oh, I have messed it up. I need to order more paper and it's not locally available. So I have to wait for it to get shipped. Or if it's just the fact that your digital printer is really backed up, a lot of printers have been really busy and people's turnaround times are a lot slower than they have been historically. So, you know, that's something to consider as well. So every time you add some kind of touch or finishing project, finishing you know, service to a job, it adds a whole extra timeline. And it doesn't matter if you're doing all of them yourself. It doesn't matter if you're outsourcing most of them, it still adds time. So, you know, if you're getting digital printing, and then you're cutting it down, and then you're doing letterpress, and then you're dip dyeing, or then you're adding calligraphy, you're printing envelopes, all of those things are a different timeline. Like, every single one of those, you know, you add extras for and you add time for because every step you add, you have more risk for delays and for mistakes. So, um, yeah. Amen. Amen. I feel, I feel like you're preaching to me right now. I'm like, I'm like, I need to start listening to Mariah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sharing what I've learned from my own mistakes. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've learned from my mistakes on this and I'm getting better at it every time I quote or mm-hmm. think about a job. But I have definitely, the several times that I've pulled basically all-nighters or actual all-nighters trying to meet a client deadline have been because I've chosen to do digital printing (laughs) in-house. Swear to God, it's every time. I swear. Like, I think it's because, like, 
you think that it would be slower printing on a letterpress machine, but it's actually not. It's actually way faster in a lot of cases. Um, yeah. Like we man. said, we've, we say it all the time because you could yeah. see it. You could see where the mistake is going to happen. Yeah. You, you know, can immediately. make adjustments. Yep. Yeah. You know, immediately you fix it. You know, immediately you fix it. You don't like the ink color, you change it. Like it's, there's no, like, you don't mess around with it. You don't just like hope it sorts itself out next time because sometimes <laughs> digital printers do that. Like, yeah. And also like my digital printers, the part of printing good quality means that it takes like 30 seconds to print like a sheet of paper sometimes, depending on the size. Yeah. Like it, it takes 30 seconds. I could have printed a handful or a dozen prints on my press in that. Like, so that's, I always underestimate how long digital printing is going to take me. And I always underestimate how annoying it's going to be. And I always underestimate how many extras I'm going to need. <laughs> yeah. And just, if you can't tell is. Mariah and I, uh, this is, it sounds like we're being whiny, but really yeah. what this is. <laughs> we're trying to save you. <laughs> no. Really what this is, is you are now witnessing two women who are experiencing a pure moment of growth. Like we are just at that point where we have outgrown the DIY. We've outgrown the, it must be in house or whatever. And we are all about outsourcing. Enforcing our boundaries and outsourcing everything. (laughs) You know, it's like we, we became I mean, I did. I became a stationer because I love letterpress. Like, that is why I'm a stationer. I am here for the letterpress. I enjoy printing watercolor stuff. I love the versatility of digital printing. That's why we're doing this episode because really paired together, these two methods are friggin' glamorous. Yeah. But pain in the ass to do them both in-house if you're working on, you know, like machines you're buying off Amazon or from <laughs> Best Buy or wherever you're getting your printer from. Like yeah. th- that's just our public service announcement for the day. Is yeah. There is a time where it's going to feel right <laughs> for you and that time will end eventually. <laughs> and yeah. When it does open up a bottle of champagne and cheers yourself because you've made it to the next level. Yeah. I think that Jillian and I have both gone through enough painful experiences trying to digitally print things in-house trying to accommodate or trying to save money or trying to do it quicker and thinking that we can do that better like we can do those things by doing it in-house and we've just learned it's not worth it it is not worth it usually Mm -hmm. but combining digital with letterpress is absolutely worth it you just have to do it the right way like combining digital with letterpress adds so much to your design or at least it can and it op- it opens up a whole world of possibilities design wise. So, is it worth it? Absolutely. Do you want to do it in house? We don't recommend it, but you do whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's gonna sound like I'm backpedaling here, but I will say <laughs> the one thing I freaking love to do is when a client comes to me and says, "I want the main invitation, simple text, letterpress, and I want these other few cards." simple text digitally printed because I actually love that like digitally printing on a cut to size piece of paper and where the biggest challenge I'm gonna have is doing the color matching like color stuff makes me so happy all right so let's get back on track here because naturally we got off on a tangent that's what we do we live for it 
yeah so we'll just uh go back to let's talk about extras, extras. you were yeah. talking about extra time which is absolutely right and then you yep. even talked about extra but i think it'd be good to let people know that we usually add 10 to 15 percent for every process yeah. to me i go up to 15 if it's something new like if it's something i haven't done before like mariah just did a dip dye project Yep. And that was one of your first dip dyes, right? Yeah, it was the first dip dye, and I ordered 20% extra. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. But I'm yeah. also doing other things. I'm die cutting as well. So for every process, I kind of add like 10%. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if I mess up 10% of them while I'm dip dyeing, and then I mess up another 10% while I'm die cutting, I still have 100% of what I need. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of so my So you definitely want to do that. Process. And, um, if you are the designer and you are not the printer, then you actually need to contact the person at the end of your assembly line, ask them how much overage they need, and then work backwards and add whatever they ask for. That's like, like, let's say you're even sourcing the paper yourself. Then you need to go to every single person, see how much overage they need and calculate it all up and order that. And that may be 20 to 25 if not a little bit more percent to your final quantity. And if you think they won't use it, you're wrong. Like I recently had someone send me um, like an order of envelopes and they needed the envelopes printed and they only sent me 15 extras. And I got the feeling that they were hoping they would get some back, but printers eat envelopes like crazy. And yeah. like, my toner cartridge exploded in my printer and like all this other crazy stuff happened. So like those 15 envelopes were like gone within the first, like, I don't know, maybe 20 that I printed. And then we said a ton of Hail Marys for the rest of the job. <laughs> yeah. On a bad day, my printer will eat like a hundred percent of the envelopes, you know, like I, <laughs> I swear I like will, I will purchase 50, like for an order of 50 envelopes, I'll purchase like a box of 250 and I'll be happy I did, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I swear envelopes are yeah a whole different breed but yeah points so, the same yeah definitely add extras but also if you have multiple steps in your process or if you're working with multiple vendors it's really good to start at the very end and see you know what kind of overages they need and add from there you know um and like I said kind of for me anyway every process I like to add some extra for each process especially if it's complicated or if I, I know the likelihood of it being difficult to get right, um, you know, dip dyeing was fairly not complicated, but I did have some that like got a little bit of paint on the edge or whatever, you know, so it's like there are little things there. Didn't probably need 10% for that, but I will never be mad about having more than I need ever. Right. So, But you you also may have gotten just super lucky that the color was spot on that yeah. you first mixed because I know when I did my dip dye invitations that were orange. I hated the orange and yeah. like it took a while to like dial in that color and like obviously you could use scrap paper too but like you know sometimes you're just rolling with it, what you have yeah or you're dip dyeing in the dark or you know whatever <laughs> <laughs> did I Ooh, mention I fold all-nighters yeah <laughs> new series dip dyeing in the dark <laughs> Wait, was that sensual enough? I feel like I was smiling. I feel hard. like that was pretty sensual. I don't know. Okay, good. Your voice got like even lower than mine. Pour <laughs> <laughs> right, yourself um, a glass of wine and mix up your paint. <laughs> if you 
Um, if you want to start offering digital to your, if you want to start offering the combination of digital and letterpress, you'll need to collect some information from your clients. So we want to make sure that you've got all the details. Obviously, you're going to have to ask them the quantity and the final cut size. Very important. Usual, mm -hmm. Usually they provide those right away. Um, you'll want to know the paper weight and paper color. Paper weight is obviously really, really important here um, because your printer may not accommodate the larger, thicker plates. I don't know why I said larger. I meant thicker. But also paper color because, like, let's say they're asking – some people don't understand that, like, if you've got a dark purple paper and you digitally print on that, like, your light colors are not going to show up like light colors. It, You know what I mean? Like, you yeah, know what I'm saying? I totally do. And I would also include not just paper weight and paper color, but the paper. Is it yeah, uncoated? Is it paper. metallic? Yeah. Is it like, what are they dreaming of? You know, if it's like a shimmery, actually, I did have a, a client ask about shimmer paper and it is possible, but it's definitely something like if you want this like glossy, dark paper, we will not be letterproof printing on that. That is not going to happen. Like <laughs> nah. it will not be what you want it to be, you know? So there's, the paper is a huge conversation to have, um, especially when considering digital and like, Handmade paper, not many people can digitally print on handmade paper. Um, it's pretty difficult and it gets a lot of, you know, residue and stuff on the little fluffy parts. So, you know, all of the paper conversation points are very important to whether or not it is going to work for digital and letterpress. Um, very true. Yeah. And then the last things you want to know is the number of letterpress colors, always important. Mm -hmm. um, and also... If the digital printing is in black or color, and if it's front and back or one side only. Yeah. So just think of all the questions you have to answer when you're going to your typical digital vendor. You need to know all of that stuff too. So if you are the printer, make sure that like maybe you have like a little email template you could send out that has like all those little things and they could just fill it in or maybe you have somewhere on, their, on your website. Um, but you do need to get all of that information. The designer usually isn't going to have their artwork ready when they're coming to you for a quote. So you may have to have a little bit of a back and forth conversation with them, or you could just put like a yes, no to like, what does the color bleed to the edge or, you know, that kind of stuff. It is going to impact how you do that job and it's going to impact the timeline, the pricing. the pricing, like all of that. So you need to know that ahead of time, especially if this is one of the first times you are doing this kind of work. Yeah. While you were talking about the paper and the paper types, it totally um, sparked my mind of this idea that we probably should have mentioned in the top of like different ways to utilize digital printing. But like you could digitally print something on a cardstock that is like way more suitable for digital printers and then duplex it to the cotton so like let's yeah. say they want like an all black in fact some letterpress papers come pre-duplexed with colors on the back there's yeah. a white and black a pink and white pink and white and i think there's gray and white too and gray and white yeah yeah but you could do that too like you could print a whole beautiful pattern or you could do a glossy paper or any of those other kind of crazy things that aren't suitable for letterpress when you said glitter that's what made me think of it is like yes. 
freaking glitter, but um, <laughs> you totally could duplex that to the back and then you still get to fulfill that client's desire, but also not make it a total nightmare of trying to make something happen that's just not physically capable of happening. Totally. I definitely think like patterns are really good like use for digital printing with letterpress. Like, yes. you know, larger surface areas, patterns, things with lots of color, like all of those things are are great on digital printing because they're not limited by the press size that the person is printing letterpress on. So if you could do like a pattern or a huge wash of color or like you know, a watercolor artwork, whatever like it is, you could, and not just the front of the invitation or piece of paper is included. Like you can definitely do like Jillian said, um, on the backside or duplex it, you know, it's like, there's so many possibilities. Um, and I think also another good application for digital plus letterpress is, is in general two-sided things because you don't usually letterpress on both sides because it does kind of show through on the other side if you letterpress. So if you wanted to have something on the back and you wanted it to be, for example, text that's legible, it might make sense to do digital and then either duplex it to another piece for letterpress or, um, you know, make sure that your letterpress printer can do that without, you know, totally mucking it up with too much impression. But um, that could be a really great application for it as well, that kind of double-sided option. Yeah. Or anything that's going to have like large solid areas of color because Mm -hmm. the larger that area is, the more peppered it's going to look and the more difficulties you're going to face with getting even impression and even inking across that plate, especially if you're running a platen. But I know, Mariah, you've mentioned that you've printed a greeting card that had digital printing and then you letterpress an outline to it that made it look like 3D. Yeah. And I've also done like rainbow confetti in digital printing and then the text and stuff in letterpress because to do that for a greeting card would have been four, I think it was five like different colors. And so it was like, I'd rather print four colors digital and do one letterpress and make this an affordable greeting card. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Rather than like, you know, charging the appropriate $23 per card based on the actual cost of production for that, you know. So there's there's creative ways to use digital printing. And it literally, I mean, obviously, you and I have just since we've started talking about this, come up with 58 ideas on how we could use digital <laughs> and letterpress. So <laughs> the world is your oyster. Just go out there and and design and- it up, you know, and I actually have a friend whose mom does uh, like some watercolor stuff like on the side just for fun. And I always see her like photos on Facebook and stuff. And I always think, ooh, I'd love to do the outlines and letterpress on top of that because she does watercolors mostly. And I'm like, ooh, that'd be such a perfect job. Like, you know, there's there's a lot of ways that you can use digital printing to add to your letterpress design. It doesn't have to be single dimensional. And letterpress is, you know, 3D in its own right. But that digital layer adds a whole a whole a next level to the whole design. So yeah, it's a tool and you can use it, you know, and you could let your dreams run wild. <laughs> yeah. The world's your oyster. <laughs> and it can be watercolor um, but- painted. <laughs> right. <laughs> but there are some common issues. We've already talked about all of them, but let's just list them really quick. Color yep. matching is obviously a common issue. Um, Especially paper limitations. Like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Good. Paper no. limitations. Yes. Paper matching and limitations. So like some, I always run into this. I have so many clients who love to use this one specific print shop for all their digital prints. 
they will not print on client supplied paper and they only have Savoy. It is so hard for me to get Savoy right now. Like, yeah, it's just sold out. Probably because they only print on Savoy. <laughs> probably, they probably bought all of it. They're probably sitting on nine million pallets of it. Um, it's not impossible, but it's just it's really hard. I you know placed a few orders and got the dreaded phone call to say like, "Hello, Jillian. This order you placed three days ago is actually out of stock. We won't be able to fulfill it." And I'm like, "Until April of 2025." <laughs> maybe if yeah so paper matching just something to be aware of and then lead times so just remember every time you add a process it's extra paper it's extra time it's got to go from point a to point b don't forget that there's shipping involved and all of our shipping carriers right now are just ludicrous with their delivery (laughs) they're just winging it yeah they (laughs) are just winging it me and ups are on like just the absolute shittiest terms right now it's not even funny (laughs) yeah i have a i have a package that's supposed to arrive the day before we leave for a wedding and it's the shoes for the wedding so oh no pray for me (laughs) yeah pray oh boy oh boy oh boy so yeah to wrap this up final thoughts i absolutely love mixing these two printing methods together i think they work absolutely beautifully i do it all the time Um, I honestly do it more to give myself uh, stylistic freedoms, but it also saves my clients money occasionally. Sometimes it adds money because it is a whole other process. But if they wanted like three color letterpress and or they want some kind of thing that's just going to be like a super huge pain in the butt to letterpress, it will save them money. (laughs) You don't have to add on a pain in the ass fee. Totally. And I completely agree. I It's a great way to save, you know, in the budget, but I really just think it's another design tool that, you know, we should utilize. And there are certain things that like letterpress is just not meant for. And, you know, we touched on some of those patterns and watercolor artwork and, you know, anything that's lots, lots of colors, that kind of stuff. But there are some things that letterpress just isn't perfect for, and that is totally okay. So, you know, whether it's combining it with letterpress or, you know, doing it in place of letterpress on different cardstocks and things like that to complement the letterpress piece, all of those are options. It's all just another tool in your tool belt. And um, yeah, I mean, I literally combine digital printing and letterpress, like <laughs> I do it a lot, actually, I think. Um, but yeah, it's just a whole, whole extra tool to use. So do it. Yay! Woo! Woo! All right. So, Mariah, it has been a hot minute since we've done a hot off our press. And we both have so many examples of this. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, But I think we each pick one that kind of like stands out for us. Um, So the one that I'll talk about today is actually a project that I just shipped out last week, which were these really adorable save the dates for my two clients who they wanted something that was really minimalistic. And they also really wanted to incorporate this like pine tree element. And no matter how many times I tried to like put this pine tree into their design, like it just kept reading like mountain or Christmas, Mm -hmm. which like they're not getting married in the mountains and they're not getting married in December. So like 
it was a no-go. So we ended up with doing just like this little peak of a pine branch like coming up the corner and it would have added two additional colors in letterpress, one for the green and one for the brown for the stem. And it just didn't make sense to do that, like the cost-wise. So we ended up digitally printing them. um, And originally they were going to get a 220 pound card but since I was digitally printing this element I suggested that we go down to 110 pound and they wanted their photo on the back so what I ended up doing is actually their photo was printed on a separate sheet of cardstock that scored and folded over the front so it kind of acted like a little enclosure and then their 110 pound cardstock uh, actual save the date, which is way cheaper to digitally print. Um, like all of it combined ended up being less than me doing three colors of letterpress, even though I added a whole other card. Um, and it just, it was fabulous and it looked so good. And that tiny little peak of the pine tree gave the whole vibe for like the area that they're going to get married in. And it was just the right thing to do. And by doing it digital, I ended up saving enough money that I was able to add an entire other element to their save the date, which really just like completed the whole thing. Yeah. I love that suite I, or that save the date. I think it was just so cute. And like, I think, yeah. And you had like, didn't you have like a full color like section too? Like it was the photo and then yeah. it was like a full bleed color. Yeah. So that kind of stuff is just not even possible in letterpress. Um, so yeah, it's just a whole, you created a whole entire design and you still were able to include letterpress, but also not overcomplicating things, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it is simpler in some ways, but it also like gives you so much more flexibility. So nice, nice compromise, meet in the middle, if you will, you know? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I think one of my favorite examples that I've done of digital and letterpress was actually, it's actually a few months ago now. It's not quite hot off the press, but um we did letterpress for the main invitation digital for the reply and details card all of it was on 110 pound and we hand deckled all the edges they wanted that kind of like natural feel so they like you know this particular client like letterpress was important to them but they also really wanted that like natural edge so rather than springing for handmade paper we did handmade deck we did hand deckling and like allowing digital for the two cards saved that budget room and the hand deckling saved a little budget from the handmade paper. So it was well within their price point, but they still got this incredibly beautiful three piece wedding suite, you know, and it's like, there's just these people, you know, when somebody has a distinct vision in mind or they have a really strict budget, those two things don't always meet up. And when you can use something like digital to kind of make that work for them, they ended up being thrilled with it, you know? And it's like, Mm-hmm. what do I care I don't need to print all three pieces letterpress like that doesn't it doesn't hurt my feelings you know like <laughs> I want to serve my clients and so like if they really are just they're longing for this beautiful look and this feel it's like if it's in my capabilities to do that in a certain budget I will absolutely do it you know and I think it turned out great I actually ended up printing the digital first for that one and I matched my letterpress ink to it. I got really lucky that it took just one adjustment to get it right. Um, and I honestly was very proud of the color matching on those because it was pretty perfect, but you know, it's just like, 
it's just knowing your own capabilities and like what will work and you know figuring out what's important to the client too like where they want to give a little bit and where they really just like want that one thing you know so um yeah that was a fun one I was really happy with how that turned out what a beautiful message yeah I love that Mm, that is such a good takeaway for everyone who's listening that like at the end of the day, we're here to serve our clients and you knowing how best to use all the different tools at your fingertips. I mean, you're really going to be able to come up with the best solution for your clients. Yeah. And I think that's what we all want. Hopefully. Yeah. That's the, that's the end goal. That's for sure. <laughs> Yay. Well, Mariah, this conversation was incredibly delightful. Thank you so much. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> I am still like reeling from having Charlie on last week and we have some new guests coming up very, very soon. soon. So soon. Um, and we just want to thank all of you for listening because you are the reason that we're here. You're the reason we're going to get to keep coming back here. You're the mm-hmm. reason that people want to be interviewed by us. So thank you so much for tuning in. And we hope that you gained some knowledge, some insight on how you could um, incorporate multiple print methods into your work. And if you can, wherever you're listening to this right now, if you could go leave us any kind of rating or review that's available on that platform, we would so greatly appreciate it. And also come on over to Hot Off The Press Pod on Instagram to see um, all the things that we're doing over on Instagram. We've got posts from every episode. Um, We're going to be sharing some really exciting things to our stories. Today, we got in some new merch. I can't wait. So exciting. So go on over there in our stories. We will have links to where you could get our merch. You guys are really going to think that It's just so cute. It's so cute. I know if you love letterpress, you're going to love it. And we have so many more ideas. Mariah and I are like, we have a one track mind when it comes to merch. We're all about making it. More of it. Yeah. (laughs) Our text conversations are pretty priceless. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, uh, thank you so much. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.